Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone with Wes Johnson, Jason Bowen, and I'm Dustin Baker. This week is free agency. There's really no other introduction needed that's more complicated than that. All kinds of stuff is going on. Uh, Deshaun Watson's probably on the move. Russell Wilson already did move. Baker Mayfield's probably out. And then a bonanza of signings, including Von Miller to the Bills for six years. We're going to talk about all that stuff on NFL Trend Zone tonight. That is on the docket. Foremost, though, per usual, we're talking about betonline.ag, our sponsor. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with all of the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, believe, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. As I said in the introduction, it is free agency week, uh, which I was just telling my co host here that's my favorite week of the NFL year outside of like, you know, the playoffs uh, because it's just three days, arguably four or five of whirlwind information. And uh, so many signings have come out that you just basically lose track of them. There are still a lot of names left on the wire. Today's news um, that I think was a little perplexing is Julio Jones no longer plays for the Titans and he's a free agent. So Wes, I wanted to pick your brain on that. Cause I don't, I didn't know if that was be considered a surprise, but that was a clear and vivid flop when he signed there, he was supposed to put Tennessee over the top to give them the passing attack and Derrick Henry on top of it. Um, but he is 33. Uh, what do we think about Julio? Is he hitting, hitting the cliff or is he going to sign on with a contender? Yeah, it's a little bit of a surprising move. Um, obviously he carried a big cap hit, uh, prior to being traded and, you know, that contract told over to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's surprising the fact that they traded a, a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick for Julio. Um, and to give that up after only getting, um, 31 receptions for 434 yards and one touchdown is it's pretty um, surprising. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a dead cap hit associated with cutting him. Um, I, I don't know where he might end up. Um, he might be in a wait and see mode like it, it seems like Will Fuller is uh, with, with uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, there's belief that if Watson goes to, uh, Atlanta, that, uh, Fuller and then, uh, Jones could follow. So don't let me forget about that topic. Maybe we'll get to that next. Uh, I have a speech on that, but, uh, Jason, 
Julio Jones, this is the end of the line. He was so damn good consistently for 11 seasons. Is this it for him or does he yeah. sign on and do his thing? You know, I I think it was it for him that before the season started last year. I that 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 is actually one of the few predictions I got right. Um, and uh, and I remember it vividly on the show talking about you know well first of all his age and and trying to talk myself into him being except being an exception to that just because he was so electric for mm-hmm. so long. Um, you know, but I always have to bring up the Demarius Thomases of the world and uh, AJ Greens of the world. And and I thought that if anything, he would be more of a I, I mean, I certainly thought he would be more of a a decoy for, you know, some of the other stuff they were going to try to do in uh, Tennessee. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, I he'll be a journeyman. I mean, will he ever go back to what we're used to seeing? No. He um, so his his reign of consistency is quite remarkable, starting in 2014 through 2019, uh, over 1300 yards, almost over 1400 yards each season. He was never a huge touchdown magnet. I think I think Atlanta fans will tell you it's because he was double covered in the red zone. Uh, Only one time in his career did he have double digit touchdowns. That was 2012 and that was only 10. Other than that, it's two, six, eight, six, three, eight, six, three, one. So it's it's the thing that'll stand him apart from Jerry Rice conversations or Randy Moss conversations is he was never a touch touchdown magnet. Now, this day and age with analytics, a lot of people will tell you touchdowns are overrated. I don't get it. I'll never buy that. It just seems like <laughs> something you say about a guy that you like who can't score touchdown. Um, but 32, and if you start to look at historical trends of wide receivers is that this is what happens. And there's some yep. dudes who break the mold like Larry Fitzgerald, or of course, rice who just played until he was 40, like at a high ass level. Uh, but unfortunately this is what happens. Dudes get hurt. And for these past two seasons, Jones has been hurt. And now he has an inflection point depending on where he goes. If he goes to the lions, I mean, it'll, it'll be just the end. It'll be going like hospice. But if he, if he, if he goes to like the Niners or something like that, you know, who's going to be in the playoffs, then it could be uh, a mini rejuvenation, but I don't know. I still have the memory of him so damn good that I, I, I believe that there is some reclamation in there, but I think it all depends on his health. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing I'll say, uh, sorry, Wes, I know you want to want to chime in again. Uh, there are very few exceptions to the, to the 30, mm-hmm. 31 year old, uh, you know, um, once you cross that threshold as a receiver, you know, it, the decline seems to happen. And there's very few exceptions to that. Um, Rice and Fitzgerald being the only two I can remember. How how, how old was Randy? No, when he- not old at all. Like he, yeah. the, re, the so I, as you know, Jason, I'm, I'm the Vikings guy, the Vikings fan. And yeah, I, I say openly that Rice is the best receiver of all time. And of course my pals are like, well, are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, I get it. Like the gymnastics of Randy Moss was better than Jerry Rice. However, like Rice had a second career longer right. than Randy Moss. And that cannot be discounted by anything. Nope. Uh, um, let me pull Randy. I know that he retired for a season, came back with the Niners. Uh, let's say he called it quits. He started to really slow down after the Vikings cut him at age 33. So right at this Julio age. Yeah, well, in Jiminy Christmas, who it is so, and you know, people th- talk about the the 2002 Raiders team when Rice and Tim Brown were on that team, and they they kind of 
com- compared to the two of the mm-hmm. receivers, both being elder in their careers. Yeah. But Tim Brown was a rookie in 1989 and 90. Rice came out in 84, 85. <laughs> so Rice was five years older than Brown, and Brown was still viewed as a seasoned guy because he had been in the league for 12. Yeah, well, this, that was that the 2002 Raiders? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. so Brown was 36. And Rice was 40. So, so yeah. the, the narratives there were correct. They were both defying science while playing on that team. Whereas, I mean, that doesn't happen, let alone two yeah. famers just kicking it in their late 30s. Um, it's incredible the it, more you think about it, it and talk about it. Oh, there's there's times, like I think once a year, because somebody snaps at me over the Randy Moss thing where oh, he's not better than Rice. I for to make sure I'm not insane, I go look at uh, Rice's stats again, and it's mind-boggling. Like, like it's like what we'll do with LeBron's stats in 30 years. We'll go back and look at it and be like, "How did we not like appreciate this?" Uh, because it's first of all, it's sheer consistency, and for Rice, it was multiple quarterbacks after he got all of his ring hardware. But yeah, Rice had 1,200 yards at age 40. Think about that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's incredible. It's be it's eight years from now, Julio Jones has a 1,200-yard season. <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem realistic. And we're already talking about Julio. And, like, and, and any good receiver this day and age, whether it is the Demariuses or the AJs or even, like, um, you know, uh, the Chad Johnsons or, you know, I think Terrell Owens played pretty long. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but very few of those guys are worth a bucket of piss once they get past 30 31 years old no no and and that's the ones that are great they can keep going and that's that's always what sets athletes apart and i i I don't think we appreciate it enough and that's what i was uh not quite the big thing i was going to say about watson the falcons but on um setting like the norm now all these dudes play longer i get it but I think we use examples of Brady, who's going to be 45. LeBron, who's I still when I, my eye test still believes LeBron is the best basketball player in the world. Uh, but I think we use these dudes as like, oh, okay, so guys can play now at a high level. Like, no, those are the two guys that can do it. <laughs> and so with when moves like Rogers happens, where he gets this crazy ass backloaded retirement contract, like he week one next year could be shit. <laughs> and like if you're uh, if you're if you study the histrionics, you'd be like, well, yeah, look at Roethlisberger, look at Peyton. That's how it goes. But I think because Brady just does this this complete majesty of playing when he's old, we just expect like, oh, if you're that good, you're going to play till you're 44, and it doesn't usually happen. <laughs> you know, the the right. media plays along with it too. Well, quarterbacks are playing well into their 40s now. No, they're not. <laughs> no, like Brady one, is. <laughs> yeah, one of them, Breeze, even <laughs> like yeah, it, like so. I, I caution. Uh, football teams now for for Rogers sake and those quarterback like there's only a certain number of dudes that are that good so they get the benefit of the doubt to give it uh, a fighter a puncher's chance but Roethlisberger was so damn good in his prime breeze untouchable and then one year they just sucked <laughs> they flat and we've been waiting on that from Brady from like 2014 and it never happens so I mean it could happen to Rodgers or it could not maybe Rodgers will play at least 48 um but it's it's stupid to think that because LeBron and Brady play so well at a later age that this is the way it goes from now on <laughs> it's, it's yeah. so not the way it goes at all 
All right, West on on Julio exiting the Falcons. Uh, let's see, Russell Gage left for the Bucks, right? He did. Yeah, Rid- Ridley's suspended for a year. Why the truck would Watson want to go to that team? That's what I'm wondering as it's well. Texans light. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering as well. And it's not like whatever team acquiring Watson's not going to have to give up. You know, three first round picks, um, two or three Pro Bowl type players, and you know, more possibly. It, it it doesn't make sense. Um, I I've been hearing or reading that you know, wherever Watson goes, Will Will Fuller will go because he's a free agent. Well, uh, you, do. Even, yeah, I mean he's <laughs> often injured, so it doesn't really matter. Um, speaking on, uh, older wide receivers, there's a rumor that, uh, Megatron might return to Detroit. Uh, he didn't shut down the rumor. He said, you know, he's had good conversation with this front office. So I found that to be interesting. So How old is he now? 36. Oh, 36. Jeez. So he hasn't, just, <laughs> just hasn't played in a few years. So you might, I mean, who knows that uh, allure of Jared Goff going to bring him back. <laughs> All, right, <laughs> but, All right. Well, that seems like a topic for next week when things slow down a little bit to see if it gains some moss. Cause that's, that's wild. I haven't heard that one. That one. No, I haven't seen that either. That's awesome though. If that's the case. <laughs> and he wants to go back to Detroit, which is yeah. just, <laughs> not a ring chaser. Not that he just wants to go back to Detroit. Yeah. That, that would be, <laughs> All right, so here's the, here's the deal on the Falcons right now. Assuming they don't trade Pitts in this deal, which if I was the Texans, I would absolutely snatch him while you're just grabbing free shit. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have – this is your wide receivers. Tajay Sharp, Olamide Zacchaeus, Frank Darby, and Christian Blake. And like it's like you couldn't write a worst core of wide receivers on a post-it note. So like I unless it's all about the ATL, um, like I I don't understand because of course there's free agents they could sign. So yeah, if they go get Fuller, they go get Jarvis Landry, they get Allen Robinson, and boom, all of a sudden you have a, a top seven trio in the league, but or Juju, but that's yeah. a that's a, that's a lot of ifs, and I'm sure they would do stuff, but I don't know what in the hell the Falcons ownership and general management could be saying to Watson because. I would look around and be like, well, this is worse than the Texans. Why do I want to go here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't understand how it's, how it's pop. What are they going to do with Ryan? Trade Did, him. Didn't they the- just extend him though? And, and if they do trade him, doesn't the, because <laughs> I mean, didn't they kind of do something similar with uh, his contract that they did with cousins this year? Yeah. Well, they just lowered Maybe. the cap hit. And I think Lord, I think push they, it out to next year. Yeah, I think they pushed the void years into the future. And so the, those void years, though, then if traded, are then now the the new team's responsibility. Right? I think you can make that part of the deal. Yeah, so because yeah. nobody's going to want Matt Ryan. Well, what is well, he? Thirty five. Indy, Indy maybe Seattle, maybe. Is he thirty eight? Is he's, it Matt he's Ryan? Up there. Oh, he's wow. up there for sure. But I, I could see uh, Indy, who is essentially a quarterback away from competing. Um, I it could may be see... a potential three-way trade then. He'll be 37 on May 17th. So 37. Yeah, and there's still teams that need quarterbacks. So the Bucks don't anymore. The Broncos don't. Um, 
it, it, Seattle, evidently, I, guess, I think we'll talk about Baker Mayfield here in a minute. I wasn't um, saying that so much as like Ryan is in a serviceable quarterback. Cause I mean, I would have certainly taken him if that would, would have been the you know case in Denver, but yeah, but I was more con- talking along the lines of that contract and who would mm. want to take on that contract and, and don't the, the Falcons still have to figure, I don't know, God, that's a tough situation there that they're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering if they want to get Deshaun Watson there. Yeah, I know. I know why they want Watson, of course, but they, I think for their salesmanship, they needed the same tools that they had two years ago when they had a lot with Gage yeah. and Jones and Ridley. Hey, we're going to get pits here in a couple of months, that kind of shit. And yeah. now, now, like I, I would, I would challenge the both of you or anybody listening to go find a worse situation wide receivers <laughs> right now. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jason, yeah. tell me why the hell Von Miller signed for six years, 120 million with the Bills. Unbelievable! Don't I they have that. too many pass rushers already? Oh man, the Bills! What a team! Well, that's pr- precisely why he probably signed over there. He can't be a full time guy anymore. I, I mean, I, I love Von. Um, had the privilege of watching him for many seasons and, but he hasn't been himself really since, uh, since Super Bowl. Uh, he just really hasn't. I mean, which one <laughs> Super, Super Bowl 50, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when he got the MVP and when he inked the new deal, I mean, yeah, he's always been an electric guy. He comes and goes in spurts, but he's not, he, he, he just isn't the game disruptor that he, that he once was, um, I mean, I thought, you know, earlier on in the season, we played against a couple of those lowly teams. He had like one three sack game and, you know, he did his thing and everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in the playoffs and what he did in uh, the playoff on was there, but he, I just, he just doesn't have, he's not the same guy to, to ink that deal for the price that he got, man. Wow. Good for him. Um, and I guess it, it'll be a good signing for the Bills. I think it'll fit in there nicely, but he won't be utilized. He won't be their starting edge, I don't think, all year. Maybe he will. Well, he, I mean, because he, he's six, also up there in age. Six years, $120 million and a rotational guy? <laughs> right, right. No, I, I'm serious. You, he, He's going to have to be. He's yeah. going to – I mean, he's you. if you put him out there – because what is he? He's 33 years old. Yeah, I mean, for a pass rusher, he should have, and almost every deal that's signed this week is a basically a two-year deal. That's the way right, the NFL right. works. I mean, um, but I mean, I thought he looked fine with the Rams. Um, let's see, he is—he's uh, going to be thirty-four next uh, week and a half from now. No, yeah, so he, 33, 33, Excuse 33. me, thirty-three. Mm-hmm. He's—I mean, he definitely. Um, it, it's really hard to say just because, especially when Fangio got the Denver. Mm-hmm. He his coaching style really hurt Vaughn's play in Denver. And that's it, weird it, because Fangio is supremely respected. Exactly, mm-hmm. it was really bizarre. Um, you know, and 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 I it's it, I guess I I've seen the play decline. I mean, obviously he's still great. You'd still want him on your team, and I mean he's going to be your starter. Mm-hmm. But he's, I don't think he's going to get 90, 100% of the reps every game. I, I Maybe he will. I mean, and if he does, great. But Buffalo's got a pretty damn good defense to begin with, too. So Yeah. So, Wes, uh, from the Vikings brain here, we've got maybe Daniil Hunter as an edge rusher. That's it. We don't need anything else, evidently. Um, <laughs> but listen, listen to all these dudes that are either on the Bills or in their orbit. Gregory Rousseau, A.J., 
Espinosa, your guy, Boogie Basham, Ed Olivier, Von Miller, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Like, and I think Hughes and Addison are free agents, but they have like six pass rushers. And most of the time you only need two and three on some downs. Did they overpay Miller when they already have young pass rushers? Or is this just a gorgeous fit? Uh, I mean, it, it seems like an overpay. Yeah. Six years, 120 mil for uh soon to be 34 year old. That'll take him yep. or yeah, that'll take him uh 38, 39 uh by the end of that contract. Um obviously he's a great locker room guy to have around. He can hopefully help mentor and get these rookies, the Bashams, the Russos up to speed probably a little quicker. Um it's kind of a embarrassment of riches for it them. Is. Um, I mean, it they're, they're in win now mode. So <laughs> it, it makes sense in, in that aspect, you know, go get uh, who they value as, as somebody that can make a difference on their team. And um, like Jason said, Vaughn has lost a step, but um, you know, maybe he finds new life in, uh, a pseudo rotation in Buffalo. This would have been if if I knew that they were in the rumor mill for his services, I would have just put it to the back of the list because they've already got young guys that they've invested draft capital on who are going to develop. And I just have never perceived them as deficient of rushing the passer. And that's because they have five guys, five guys that can do it. So, yeah, this is one. Can you do me a favor, Dustin, mm-hmm. since you're the stat guy? Can you pull up um, Vaughn's? regular season stats with the Rams. Um, and one more thing I'll, I'll say about him is in, in this, trust me, when I say that I love Vaughn Miller, he's one of my all-time favorites. One thing he has always had though, and this goes all the way back to his rookie season is he's always had um, uh, a number two. So when his season first or when his career first took off, he had, he had El- El- uh, Elvis Doomerville. On the yeah. one side. And then he got Bradley Chubb, or not Bradley Chubb, but uh, DeMarcus Ware. Mm-hmm. And then he got Bradley Chubb. And when his number two has been healthy, those are his best seasons. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that he completely falls off the cliff when it's just him. Yeah. Right. But but for him to be peak Vaughn, you need to have that other two guy. Yeah. And that's just, that's just been the. That's what I've long wondered about Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin is that Everson Griffin really rose to power when Mike Zimmer took over the Vikings and uh, Daniil Hunter always had the benefit of him freeing up the other side of the line. Uh, Von Miller had five sacks in eight games and then the PFF grade isn't differentiated by team, but his PFF grade was 88.7, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I, 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 I remember so remember back uh in the summer when they scrimmaged and Vaughn did the what we call the skull chant and uh you, you said that he does that regardless. Yeah. Um so I had to spitball how much he'll cost in the offseason if if he was doing this to uh indicate that he enjoyed the Vikings. And nowhere on any thing whatsoever would I have dreamed he was gonna get six years for 120 million. No. <laughs> I thought no, it would have been two years like 
18 million. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about a homecoming and that that contract is exactly why he didn't come back to Denver. <laughs> yeah, I mean George Payton George Payton would have never done something so ludicrous. So well, at least he'll get to contend. Um yeah. like, there's no doubt about it that so long as Josh Allen's healthy, these guys will be in at least the divisional round every year until things get one probably until his uh his his real deal alan's real deal kicks in not the rookie one um when they can't afford much of this stuff all right let's talk about baker mayfield because it seems like a byproduct of the deshaun watson sweepstakes is baker mayfield feels underappreciated and sees the writing on the wall that he won't be part of the browns association um, he said it almost like a goodbye note or just reflective kind of note that he, want, he doesn't think he's going to play there or at least uh, still loves the city. So Wes, uh, he has a very interesting profile or forecast because he could have just been a little shitty this year because he was banged up. He's still young. He's kind of like a maverick. And if he lands in Seattle or Atlanta or any of these places, you just don't know what to expect. What do you mm-hmm. expect? Uh, it's sure trending the way of he is out in Cleveland. Um, he released a two-page statement yesterday, you know, essentially saying his goodbyes. Um, I believe the the bridge is burned there between he and Cleveland. Um, Cleveland hasn't been quiet about their romanticizing Deshaun Watson, wooing him, uh, trying to get him to come uh, play for for them. And uh, I'm sure Baker's sitting back like, what the hell? I, I've given you everything. I, I came to this team as a, a number one overall draft pick when you were nothing. And I've, I've helped, you know, build it into um, a perennial playoff team. Um, I I've heard rumors of the Colts being possibly interested in him. Um, I don't know who else might want to take on his services, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. If it's not Watson in Cleveland, I I could see it being Jimmy G. I think Watson is sort of out of the Cleveland sweepstakes, or at least I think I saw a tweet on that, but, three or four hours ago. Mm. Um, but I think, I think the problem is that when they expressed interest, whether they told Mayfield or not, that Mayfield is the worst possible guy to hear that his team is flirting with another good quarterback. <laughs> like other professionals would be like, Oh yeah, nature of the beast. Let's see if they actually do anything. But Baker feels like that young and volatile brash type. That's like his feelings get hurt. And so now you might, if you don't want me, then I'm going to go play elsewhere. Um, but I, I just can't figure out his trajectory because there's, there was moments in 2019 and some, and some in 2020, they want a playoff game and they're ready to ship the guy out that he seemed like he was progressing well. And then this year happened and he looked like shit. And he, I mean, make no mistake. He was pretty shitty most of last season and it was not a good time for that to happen as his rookie deal approaches expiration. So Jason, what's the deal on Baker? Yeah, he's he's a very um, it's it's an enigma, really. Yeah, what you know, I don't know what I would be thinking if I was Cleveland. Um, and certainly, I like you, 
whatever, all of what you just said is accurate with him. I mean, you, you, you they weren't shit before he got there. <laughs> Can that all be attributed to him and him alone? It, potentially it could be because I mean, they, they had any, he, any he showed that he could win with a, with a bunch of different kinds of coaches too. And mm-hmm. even one season with no coach. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they bring in the, the roster and they get, you know, the, God, the, you got Jarvis and o, OBJ and, um, I would be pretty, pretty upset. I, I could definitely see him as a good fit in, in Indy. Oh, that would be great. Um, I think he would do well. Um, change of scenery for him might actually be a good thing too. Um, so, I mean, I, I, uh, I could imagine, I bet that just pissed him off once he heard that, but <laughs> you know, and then, so I don't know, man, but I, I, I also see, um, uh, Garoppolo in Cleveland. Yeah. The thing, the thing that I struggle with, so Baker will be 27 in a month from now, is that he probably, eh, I was going to say he won't command a huge trade package, but then again, he's a quarterback. Maybe it'll have to be a, a first or something, but you really have the chance to get a guy who's going to turn it around and get healthy and be a franchise quarterback because that's what he was in two years ago. Yes. And every general manager that's lining up to nibble at the, the Mayfield sweepstakes believes that, but he's not quite like Wentz or Garoppolo where you know what you're getting, mm-hmm. where, you know, Wentz is so good for two years and so shit for the last two. And then Garoppolo, you know, you're going to get a guy who can guide a team towards the playoffs and hopefully beyond But Baker. You just don't, he could be phenomenal next year, healthy and young and gunslinger, or he could just be a whiny bitch and just, you know, be a plague for everything. And that's what, that's what makes him so interesting to me. And I don't know where he fits because if the Colts just took a swing on a miss on Wentz, I guess you can try it with Baker, but it's not going to be a less bumpy ride. (laughs) Yeah. That's it's, it's so up in the air. So many questions because at least Wentz is just kind of a sourpuss. Baker is like a firecracker. So you gotta, yeah, yeah, I think I would, if I was a GM, I'd rather have the Baker firecracker that freaking that drive, even though it causes him trouble sometimes <laughs> than to, than to have a Wentz guy. Yeah. yeah. Did, did we talk about Wentz last week or did that hit after the show? I don't think we did. Cause no, we, I don't think we had to. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do that one because yeah, it feels oh, like no, it we was. did. I, we did. Was it? We did talk about Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> what okay. did we talk about his his coach having to apologize to her saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because he didn't want to get canned. <laughs> we went to bat for Wentz and it backfired on him. He had to apologize. We, this guy we, was such a disgrace. And it all like <laughs> it just crumbled like in the last month. Because before that, it was ticking. Like they were supposed to go to the postseason. And if they would have got there and lost, he'd probably still be the quarterback if it just got to the postseason. But, no, but it, 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 it was article, lo- losing to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. That article, though, it said even though that even during the winning, the locker room hated him. I mean, <laughs> they just hated that guy for some reason. Man, I just knew it. There's something about him I don't like either. So. And then he had his like team photo in Washington and it looks like his like high school, like varsity, like team photo. Did you see that, Jason? I know. Oh, it's funny. I'll find it and send it to you here. Well, yeah, like there's nothing wrong with it, but he's got like a starter jacket on and he's like smiling. It looks like the glamour shots of him being like the the team quarterback. He's got a starter jacket on. Like a, like a letter jacket. Oh, that's what it looks like to me. 
<laughs> oh my god! I'm sending it right now. Oh, yeah, send it over. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. Like I shouldn't. There should be nothing funny about it, but it just it looks corny. It does. It it looks really really corny. He <laughs> <laughs> looks Look like a doofus. Guy. Yeah, and like you know, I'm sure there's people that, that can take pictures of me and laugh at them like this, which. Go for it, but doesn't this look like like that's the yearbook photo? That's yeah. that's an amazing photo. Have you guys ever seen uh uh the the uh the DC uh show Black Lightning? No, no, no. I haven't. He looks just like one of the villains on there. <laughs> in that picture in particular. Yes. Oh, oh wow. yes. All right, let's see. I want to talk to you guys about the Jacksonville Jaguars because last year at this time, um, the Patriots did a lot of spending and they were the day one winners. I think the Texans got a lot of dudes last year too. And the Patriots ended up playing decent this season. And on day one and two, the Jaguars signed a bunch of dudes down the line. But Wes, when I kind of decompressed and I looked at the results of the day, I tweeted this. It looks like they just signed a bunch of dudes. And I just didn't get a, oh, here they come type of vibe because it was Zay Jones. Uh, We'll talk about the Christian Kirk contract in the next segment, the heft of it. Uh, Evan Ingram, Cam Robinson, Brandon Scherf was awesome. Tyler Shatley, Foley, Fadasuki, Foy Alakun, and then Darius Williams was a pretty good get. So it seems like they're just building a lot of depth, but I I Mm -hmm. think the vibe was that, oh, they're making moves. But when I looked at some of the offensive weapons zay jones christian kirk and evan ingram i'm like all right then what what does that do is or am i underselling them yeah i i mean on on offense i'm i'm a little perplexed i'm i'm guessing doug peterson is trying to recreate like philly light uh, philly didn't really have any jump off the page wide receivers um, when they made their push for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Um, the Foy signing is is a good one, in, in my opinion. Uh, he had a really underrated year last year. I think he led the NFL in tackles, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so picking him up on a relatively team-friendly deal, I think will be good for their defense. Um but I agree. A lot of these signings, it feels like they were just spending money to spend it yeah, uh, without purpose. So I, you know, we'll see what happens with it. But it's an awful lot of money to throw around for just dudes. Yeah, that's the vibe that I got, Jason. With all the day one signings from legal tampering Jaguars, did you get that that vibe, or did did you think it was a nice little haul? Yeah, yeah, I know. I got the exact same vibe. I don't think that they got they got better at all. I mean, I it, they, it, it reminds me a lot of the 2011 Eagles. Um, you know, when they went out and splurged a lot. I think they brought in like Vince Young, Namni Asimov, um, oh, yeah. that that group. Um, and it rarely will these guys when you do things like I mean, it, it, what really threw me off about this was what they did and what they gave to Christian Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, first of all, that guy bothered me a lot because he was absolutely piss poor at fantasy. Um, but his best season was 77 grabs and 900 and some yards. 
the, he is getting paid more than Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick combined. Hmm. And and that's crazy to think about. And granted, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton haven't had explicit numbers either the last couple of years. So if we're just going by that, but I mean, God, that's a lot of money. Just to, yeah, but why they didn't, I, I don't know why yeah, a lot of money thrown around. That, that, that signing right there is what really kind of threw me the wrong way. Um, I t- wasted money. It's going to be. Yeah. Conveniently, Wes, that's our, our next segment is the Kirk, Christian Kirk, uh, inflating the wide receiver market. And the reason I wanted to ask you about it is because I know that since I've known you, you've been high on him, at least for his uh, potential for fantasy mm-hmm. football. And it, it feels like the Jaguars are, paying him based on what you find his potential is, um, you know, you keeping him as a sleeper and whatnot, because to date he's done nothing near that astronomical average annual salary, but it's like, they know that the only reason that he's been a, a Robin to Batman is because Hopkins has been there. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that you don't think he's worth that much money, but do you foresee no. a big breakout? Uh, I, I can't say that I do. Um, I thought he was on the right trajectory. Um, he had a pretty decent rookie season. He followed it up with a even better sophomore campaign. Uh, then Hopkins came on the team and he kind of just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, he went from 43 receptions in his rookie year, 68 receptions, uh, back down to 48 receptions is, uh, the first year with Hopkins and I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what, uh, what the deal was with him in Arizona. It's like, they kind of went away from him in a, in a way. So, um, you know, maybe he's able to revive what he had going on early in his career with Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, but I, I, I wouldn't throw a bag at him like that. <laughs> no, that's the, th- yeah, that's the problem is it, he <clears throat> is more than worthy of getting an audition as a WR one, especially on a team that doesn't really have one other than LaVisca. But I don't understand why you had to pay him. Like he is Devonte Adams. Like right. it just doesn't add up. Like yeah, it's who- not like he had a market. Yeah. Like who, who started that conversation and said, all right, well, <laughs> we're going to start at 16 million and like, no, it's going all the way up to whatever it ended up being. It just seems that for a guy who's never had a WR one season on his resume, you're banking a lot on the potential. Absolutely. And, and even if it like, even if it pans out and he has 1300 yards and 11 touchdowns, then it's like, okay, they got it right. He didn't really beat the contractual value. He just lived up to it. So I can't believe that the Jaguars would go into this giving him that much money. And then um, it just raises the prices of everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, And that's that's fine and dandy for player empowerment. But uh, I tweeted, Stefan Diggs makes 14.4 million per year. And uh, this dude, I can't even remember how much his contract is. Now let me go look again. I think it was 84. Yeah. 84. Four years, 84. Yeah. So twenty one million a year, uh, yeah, unbelievable, and, crazy. and and it's one of those things too. It's not like, yeah, I mean, it's not like teams were coming out and saying, 
you know, having a bidding war for this yeah. guy's services. I didn't even know the guy was available until all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> there's the contract. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on him because it's, it seems <laughs> yes, like it's, we will. it's just, well, yeah. I mean, like, it's like last year, sort of. Well, not quite because Galladay seemed to deserve a bag. Remember how it was such a foregone conclusion, Wes, around this time last year that Galladay was going to get a bunch of money. And he yeah. did. And then he went to the Giants and they didn't do anything. And nobody cares. <laughs> it was like, like yeah. no, nobody made a fuss. And I remember drafting him and Sutton in later rounds for fantasy because I was like, all right, these are WR1s. And these are going to be my aces in the hole if injuries happen. And then they both were underwhelming for fantasy value. And I don't know how, like, it feels like the Galladay price tag and his performance is going to mirror Kirk. Yeah. It's just, yep. go ahead. No, no, I was saying, I was just green. Yeah, I, okay. I believe it will. All right. What other free agent stuff here? Let's talk about the Broncos. Um, they still have a bunch of money to spend. They welcomed Wilson into the fold today. They got a new catchphrase from him. Um, and Randy, Randy Gregory reversed course and spurned the Cowboys and now will play for the Broncos. He's still a young edge rusher that seems to have figured out his, his antics. Um, what's next for the Broncos, Jason? Well, I mean, I watched the Russell Wilson introductory presser. Uh, that was an hour long. I just got done watching that before the show. Um, absolutely incredible. I'm just so excited, so grateful. Um, just reflecting over the last six years of watching Bronco football. And now it's, it, oh my God, I couldn't be more pleased. Um, and the more I look into the Gregory, uh, you know, um, just like every year, I kind of have my eye out or my hopes up for certain players. And, you know, but ultimately at the end of the day, I trust George Payton, bar none. That guy is amazing. Randy Gregory, had a nice redemption story. I hope, uh, hope it pans out for us. I mean, he's an animal. Um, and then they got that Jones guy out of uh, San Francisco. They seem to be just poaching San Francisco and uh, got a lot of, a lot <laughs> of the, I don't know what they're going to, I, I I have no clue. Peyton said though tonight during Russ's press conference that they're not done. Yeah. He also uh, reiterated the fact that hey, we got uh, five picks in the top 115 still, so we can do whatever we want. Still, that's crazy. That's the craziest part about this right now. <laughs> we acquired Russell Wilson not even a, what is a week ago, and they're still making moves as if nothing has happened. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what you want. Yeah, no, that's so good. That's so great. Um, you know, what we had to give up to get Russell Wilson just seems so minimum because they're still able to to make these big moves in free agency. They're still able to they're still going to be able to have a great draft. They still have nine draft picks. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, what they do next is beyond me. I know they, you know, there's a lot of talk about Collins out of Dallas. If they ever release him, I think that'd be a great signing for us. Shore up the right side of the line. Um, yeah. They have made a couple of moves to bring in some, some non big name guys there for that position, but you know, we'll see um, cornerback position. We could always uh, fill more, but yeah. Wes, tell me about the Vikings. They're quiet free agency to date. Yeah. Uh, they've made a few moves along the margins. Um, they signed the defensive tackle from Buffalo, uh, let go of Michael Pierce and what's essentially, a um, uh, equal move 
Pierce freed up six million in cap space, and that's what this guy was signed for. Uh, he is, I believe, four years younger. Um, a lot of it is just how can they free up some cap space to sign additional guys. Uh, the big question mark right now is what to do with Daniel Hunter. Um, he is due a, I think it's $20 million um, roster bonus on Sunday. So yeah, um, they can, they can extend him. They can convert that uh, 20 million to save on the cap. They can trade him. Um, there, there's a lot of options. The rumor is rumors are that they've been actively shopping him. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's because, you know, the agent is inflating um, Hunter's worth, which when healthy, he's a, you know, top three, defensive lineman in the league, but over the last two seasons, he hasn't been healthy. And um, I'm guessing the contract discussion kind of ends there between uh, the Vikings and his agent, his agent agent is wanting him to get paid uh, based off of, you know, 2019 performance. Mm -hmm. And the team's like, well, look at the last two seasons. We don't want to, you go full-fledged in investing in that. So um, I, I think moves are to come. It's just right now they're trying to suss out and hash out uh, the contracts that are uh, at the top of the roster or top of the uh, salary cap on this team, uh, which Cousins, Hunter, uh, Harry, Adam Thielen, and Kendricks. Kendricks were the top five guys. I also think Anthony Barr makes a lot of sense to bring him back. Uh, even with Jordan Hicks? Even with Jordan Hicks. Uh, it's always been said that <laughs> Barr would be a great outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme and <laughs> You know, Zimmer didn't run it that way. And now, yeah. you know, we might finally have that opportunity. We've to been see saying it. that for eight years, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but if the Vikings let him walk, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to get a comp pick for him because of the void years they added on last year. Mm-hmm. And then those void years become dead cap hits for us as well. So it behooves the the Vikings to work out some kind of contract extension with what would Hunter? What would Hunter get for a trade? What would Vikings get? Man, I, um, I don't even know. I, I think they could get a, a first for him, maybe another player. I don't know if um, they'd be able to command a Khalil Mack type of uh, return on him. Well, that uh, they was should a second and a sixth, wasn't it? And uh, I thought it was the first. No, they used it to for Khalil Mack. Yeah. Oh, you not maybe the first time Khalil. The yeah, first, first time. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, this Khalil Mack trade. Oh no, no, not this Khalil Mack trade. The the first one. Oh, I see. Okay, Mack was you know top three edge rusher yeah. in the game, and um, the Bears ponied up. Was it two first? 
Yeah, back then they got Jacobs yeah. and can't remember who they did some Raiders shit with the other yeah. pick. Um, right. With uh, <clears throat> with Hunter, I, I don't know. I can't remember if he's had the same agent this whole ride. But if he if his agent is pounding the table more so than an agent usually does, it's because Hunter has been supremely agreeable to the Vikings since he got there. He he was on a notorious team friendly deal that at the time was fair market for a, a young pass rusher, pass rusher who was playing pretty well. Well, then he exploded once he got the deal. So that deal in retrospects always looks puny. And then last year, they wiggled the money around to keep him happy and then get to this moment right now. So I don't know if this agent had backroom, smoke-filled room deals with, with the Vikings that said, all right, when it's time to pay him, you better pay him. And now the new guys are saying, eh, I don't know if we can do that because the dudes missed 80% of all football games in the last two years. Maybe that that's me speculating. Um, but it's weird because in terms of the way the contract structured, the Vikings really do have the leverage. It's, but I don't know if they're afraid to move the money and then have him say, I'm not going to play. Um, and I don't know. It just would seem it's, it's, it's such a telling decision because do you invest in a dude who's suddenly injury prone, um, who is probably the second best, best football player on the team? Um, or do you just hope he's going to suddenly be healthy? Right. And I'm not sure. And other than that, yeah, the, uh, Harrison Phillip moves that one. It was weird that we got this brand new leadership regime. And then uh, all of a sudden our first splash is a, is a guy the interior <laughs> defensive line. <laughs> Cause that's what we always do. Um, but you, they, how, yeah. how's the Vikings cap room situation? Not good. It never, isn't good. Yeah. So why isn't it good though? Right. Because it's, the only- never, it's never good. First of all, they pay cousins 35 million per year. And then all of the money is in Thielen, Hunter, Kendricks, Harrison Smith, it, they always invest in the dudes they developed. And right. now those dudes are starting to hit their 30s and yet to decide whether or not they're worth it. And okay. historically, Spielman would always backload the deals and they'd, they'd play cap gymnastics with the money. And that's why Cousins had a $45 million cap hit before they, they renegotiated. So all those guys that you mentioned are making pretty good coin. Yeah, Kendricks is for a middle yeah. linebacker. It's probably fair market. There, um, some years he's so good that he feels underpaid. Last year he wasn't quite as good. But yeah, they have like six dudes that are all making um, over 10, 12 million. And then, of course, Cousins. The, the endless story about the Vikings is that Cousins <laughs> is about the 12th best quarterback, 11th best quarterback. And he makes about top seven, top eight money. And he doesn't drag teams to the Super Bowl, obviously, um, but he also doesn't suck. And so we spend hours of our lives debating whether or not he's worth the money. Yeah. Because if you if you would have traded him and they would have start fresh, then boom, that's 35 million to sign probably three or four free agents. And then, but then you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, but he's not right. this, you know, so in, you know, in his case, in his defense, I mean, he's not the sole reason that the Vikings are cap strapped. and can't do anything um, like, like some other teams are, you know, I mean, nope. there's a lot, cause there's a lot of teams like the Rams. I mean, they're paying, remember, remember like, what was it? Three years ago, Dustin, or maybe it was four. They had the highest paid player at like six different positions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the highest paid quarterback, highest paid defensive lineman, highest paid wide receiver, highest paid cornerback. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I don't know how they do that. What's the rest of that team look like? I mean, not getting paid anything apparently, but apparently the Rams can and have done it, but. 
Yeah, that's the that's the rub on the Vikings now that they finally have a quarterback that's going to be the quarterback for the fifth straight year, which is a big deal in Viking circles that the same guy is the quarterback for five straight years. But he he makes a number which is thirty five million, which to an average Joe sounds like elite money because it's thirty five million bucks. We have Rodgers making fifty million. You have Mahomes making forty five million. People don't care about that variance. They don't have enough nuance to figure out there's a huge difference between 35 million and 50 million. So when you hear 35 million, you're thinking, oh, well, this guy, he better be as good as Josh Allen if he's going to make that kind of money. And he's not. And he's not going to be the guy that hell or high water takes a team deep into the playoffs. So the fans and the community and general manager all have to decide if $35 million is a just price for a quarterback who's damn good, but not elite. And that I, I, most of my life is spent writing and thinking about this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so simple. Yes, it is worth it. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping with uh, the new coach who is an offensive guy versus Zimmer, who just didn't seem to really give a shit about offense. Um, but this is the time where they got to build this roster to make it almost look like the Rams. If they want to have a Stafford like Ascension, uh, and so far, they just had, don't have the money to to net those superstars. So we're in a spot which is not good where you have to nail the draft in order to be playoff contenders. And that's usually, especially for a first-time GM, you're putting a lot of trust to be able to do that. <laughs> when you're when you're coached by a defensive-minded coach like you guys were and like we were for the last several years, um, you, you almost, as a quarterback, have to win in spite of that head coach. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. can get... You're, you know, I mean, like they tried to do in Denver. Well, Fangio's just going to ignore the defense or ignore the offense. We'll let the offensive coordinator handle that. You still need to have that coach quarterback relationship, I think, to take it to that next level. I don't know that uh, Cousins ever had, has no, ever had and, that. No, and that was the hilarious part when things were going off the rails last season. I mean, it wasn't a terrible season, it was just mediocre. Is that Cousins doesn't have the personality to say, this is my show. God damn it. Like, he, yeah, he doesn't do that. And so there was an infamous moment where we learned he, he's not even allowed to call timeouts. The coaches call timeouts. And there was some crucial clock management gaffe. And it came out that, well, Cousins doesn't call timeouts. He's not allowed to. We were like, what? <laughs> and so we'll, we'll see now if, if Cousins will have the onus to make those decisions. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the knock on him is he doesn't have that personality that's like, you know, this is my, my team. He's never yeah, been like that. Yeah, and it's unfortunate too, because and I saw it a couple of times during the, during the regular season when cousins would, would take the offense down in crunch time, get them oh, down yeah. to get them down to the red zone or whatever. And they'd be driving and there'd be a minute or so left on the clock. And, and Zimmer would do his thing and say, <laughs> we're just going to run the rest of this clock out. And then we're going to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to imagine that, uh, that as a quarterback, not having even the authority now to call timeouts, which I just found out now, yeah. but you know, <laughs> as a quarterback, you know, you're supposed to be somewhat of an alpha, you know, that that's yep. gotta be a little bit in him having the, the respect and the decency, not to say anything back. That's gotta be a little deflating. And then, yeah. you know, as he drives his team down <laughs> and then he gets told to come off the field so we can put in our kicker. Yeah, that's what happened. The game you're talking about, I think, is uh, against the Cardinals. When, yeah, one of them, yeah. Yep, yeah. When, just depending on how much you trust your kicker, the, the law of averages, it was it was a very reasonable decision for them to trust the kicker to win the game. Of course, it's the Vikings, and the guy biffed it. 
However, uh, even Cousins after that game last, I'm pretty sure said something to the effect of, yeah, it would have been nice to have one more shot at it, but... Yeah. And, and obviously you could, that's got to hurt the guy a little bit. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and then, so each time that happened and, and I'm, and I, and, and not that game that, the, that they lost, I'm thinking of another one when it wasn't quite the same situation because they were actually tied. Yeah. And even if they would have missed the field goal, they still would have, they wouldn't have lost. Yeah. Detroit, but mm-hmm. Detroit. Yep. And, and it's like, God, just let him, you know, put it in there. And oh man. So I think I'm excited to see what, uh, what, you know, what Kirk and, and company can do under this new offensive minded coach. That's not always playing not to lose. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it's been because Zimmer still for the last two years believed that his defense could get back to what it was when, when you, they used to be able to win that way to suffocate teams. And then the defense flat out turned not good and they did they were they refused to play shootouts because that's not the Zimmer brand of football and when you used to be able to win that way that becomes a problem because like you've mentioned before a few times you convince yourself that it has to work again (laughs) And and it wasn't until the Broncos got a fresh set of eyes in there with George Payton that this transformed because Elway would have still continued to but you know thank God Elway had the wherewithal to at least get out of the way. Yeah. No, there's you know? no doubt about it that, uh, I, and I think that's what makes him intelligent. There is even he, with all of his hubris probably is like, shit, I, I don't know. I'm not doing this right. Yeah. And, and you know, back. And, and as a, as a, as a, on a human level, you know, you're, you're God, we've done it before this way. We, <laughs> we gotta be able to do it again. And, uh, so I think we're both in, I mean, I I'm excited for the Vikes. I mean, they still got the, you know, the same, the same young pieces. I mean, Dalvin and, and Jefferson are electric and, and I can't wait to see them guys roll in this offense. Yeah. Uh, Wes, wouldn't you agree that so far it looks like Quazy and Kevin O'Connell looked at this roster and were like, this is pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like that's what they did because they haven't torn the thing apart at all. Yeah. No. So yeah, they must, they must be telling the truth when they say that they, uh, they expect to be competitive and all those dudes that Kevin O'Connell complimented in his opening press conference, they're still on the team. So, yeah. And then for them to, and for Kirk to restructure his deal and, uh, and to, 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 to feel like he now has the support of, of the, of the new GM and the new head coach and knowing that this guy is going to be on in my corner now. Yeah. You know, as opposed to kind of on the opposing sides. When Adversarial. You're, you're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that's uh, we're at our hour mark. But next week, we will probably have the fallout of more deals and we'll cover those then. Uh, But you gentlemen have a wonderful night and a wonderful week. Awesome. You guys too. Later. Later. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.